Hey, welcome to the Everyday Immunity Podcast, a place where we talk about different ways to boost the immune system naturally each and every day. I'm your host, Alicia Rosati of Rosati Nutrition. What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited that you're here and I I just want to start by saying I'm super passionate about today's topic. Um, if you could tell by my t-shirt, it's a uh, middle finger and it says basically F Monsanto. So today's going to be a good one. But before we hop into all of that, I just wanted to take a second to shout out my very loyal listeners and especially those of you in Australia. So a big portion of you guys are actually from um, down under. And I think it's so cool because, you know, I'm here in Canada and I'm reaching people through social media and my podcast in I'm reaching people that are literally on the other side of the planet, which I think is so cool. It's very fascinating to me. Um, and a few of you have reached out to me on Instagram, which is amazing. Um, so if you guys, you know, I would love to hear where you guys are from, wherever you are in the world. And I appreciate you listening so, so, so much. So send me, you know, a message um, letting me know where you're from. And don't forget to send me a topic request because I love posting episodes um, or sharing topics that you guys actually want to hear about. So there's that. Um, I also wanted to let you guys know, don't forget to go on my website and sign up for my email list because I have a free webinar coming up. So I'm very excited about that. It's just I'm finishing off the tail end of it um, and I'm going to be sending out an email very, very shortly with all the info, the details, where you can sign up, how you can join, and it is 100% free. So just go to my website, www.rosadinutrition.ca and scroll down on the homepage and you will see a little like opt-in um, form and you can get uh, joined up on my email list. So don't forget to do that. Now that that admin stuff is all out of the way, let's get on to today's topic and why Monsanto is the devil and I cannot stand them as a company even though now they don't technically go by Monsanto anymore, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's talk about Monsanto, why they're horrible, what glyphosate is, what Monsanto has to do with glyphosate, and why we should really care and really cause a stink about this. So first of all, what is glyphosate? A lot of people haven't even heard of this term, of this chemical, um, and I think that's, that's a shame. We should all know what glyphosate is. So Glyphosate is the active ingredient in Monsanto's pesticide called Roundup. I'm sure you guys have seen it, you know, here in Canada or North America. If you go to like Home Depot or something um, and you go to the garden section, you will often see the pesticides and Roundup is usually hidden in a cage behind a lock and key. Um, and that's because it is super toxic <laughs> and I don't know why they continue to sell it if it's super toxic, but they do. So you can definitely still go buy Roundup at the, at the hardware store, wherever. Um, but yeah, so the active ingredient in Roundup is called glyphosate. Now glyphosate is used as a pesticide, obviously, but it is also used in farming as a desiccant or a drying agent. And what they do is for oats specifically, 
um, they will spray a crap ton of Roundup or glyphosate on these oat crops and that dries them out so that it's easier to harvest them and now the oats are dried so that they can be processed into our favorite breakfast cereals and whatnot. So that's what glyphosate is. Now, how does this even work? Because if it's so toxic, you know, how does the plant even survive if it is sprayed with glyphosate or Roundup? This is where Monsanto and their sneaky ways come in with GMO seeds. Now, I'm sure you guys have heard the term GMO, non-GMO, and GMO stands for genetically modified organism. So if something is non-GMO, it has not been genetically modified and it is the original DNA of that plant species or whatever it may be. Now, GMO seeds are genetically modified to be resistant to glyphosate and therefore Roundup. And this is so that, you know, a farmer can spray a crap ton of Roundup on his field and it will kill all the weeds and all the other plants that grow, but it will not kill the crop that he's trying to grow, to sell. So if it's an oat farmer, you know, he's going to spray all this Roundup. It's going to kill all the other weeds and things that grow up in his field, but the oats themselves will be fine. The wheat fields, the corn fields, the soy fields, same thing. And this is why soy and corn um, are two of like the largest users of pesticides in North America. So keep an eye for that of, you know, make sure you know where your produce is coming from, where your wheat, your oats is coming from. Um, is it genetically modified? Is it 100% organic? Is it coming from a company who's buying these oats and wheat and things from a farm that's using pesticides? And unfortunately, oftentimes those foods are cheaper. Now, why is that? Keep, think about it. If you're spraying all this Roundup and everything else is dying except for your crop that you're trying to grow, there's less manual labor involved now because you either have a plane fly over with all this Roundup or a machine come through the field with all this Roundup or you have an independent person coming and spraying the crop depending on how big your operation is. But you don't have a need for people to come in and weed the fields anymore or to manually work the fields anymore. So oftentimes these crops are grown a lot cheaper than, you know, normally grown foods, which is hand weeding, hand taking care of your, um, your crops, um, you know, getting in there and safely removing pests or anything that may, that may infest your field. So that's why these foods are oftentimes cheaper. Now, this is where, like I said, Monsanto is very sneaky when it comes to their GMO seeds. Um, and there was a documentary on Netflix, I believe it was, or on YouTube, I can't remember, that I watched of this Canadian farmer. And so the thing with GMO seeds is you can only use them once. Now, typically, a lot of people know that if you plant, let's say, a tomato plant, and you want to keep some of those seeds, you harvest the, the tomato and then you keep some of those seeds and then you replant those seeds next year and the cycle keeps going. Well, with Monsanto seeds, you are not allowed to do that. And if they find out you're doing that, they can sue you, which is really, really snaky in my opinion. Um, so there was, long story short, there was this documentary of this older, older gentleman, this Canadian farmer who had not bought Monsanto seeds his neighbor, a neighboring farm did, 
and some of those seeds blew over into this man's field, Monsanto thought, hey, we're going to come in and test your land because we got wind that uh, you're using our seeds without purchasing them. They tested his soil, they found his seeds, and he got sued for using Monsanto seeds that year without purchasing them, which is so crazy. So that just kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of this company and what they're capable of and what their values are and overall just a very shady and sneaky company, which is why I don't like them and I literally went and spent money on this shirt that says F Monsanto. That's how much I dislike this company. <laughs> okay, now why do we even care about glyphosate and, you know, okay, it's sprayed as a pesticide, what does that mean for us? Unfortunately, because these plants are resistant to glyphosate, you know, farmers are going to spray a lot of it on the crop. That leaves a lot of glyphosate residue left behind. So you know how they say, make sure you wash your fruits and vegetables very, very thoroughly or soak them or peel the skin, whatever it is. That's because a lot of the skin, the peel of these fruits and vegetables hangs on to the pesticide residue. And now it's easy to peel an apple or peel a pear and know that doesn't get rid of 100% of the, the pesticide residue, but it does get rid of a good bit of it or whether you soak them or whatever. But what do we do in the case of oats or wheat or corn or soy, things like that? So what do we do with our breakfast cereal that has already had this wheat and oat processed into it? What do we do? This is where the issue of glyphosate residue comes into play. And, you know, the higher the glyphosate residue, the more risk of adverse reactions or adverse side effects. Now, what kind of adverse effects am I talking about? Well, glyphosate residue has been linked to cancer and a bunch of other illnesses. And these illnesses are being seen in children because unfortunately, some of the highest um, food products that have the highest amounts of glyphosate are targeted for kids. Yeah, a lot of our kids' cereals, uh, breakfast snacks, oatmeal bars, things like that are so heavily laced with glyphosate residue that a lot of our children are starting to see more and more and more neurological issues, um, different conditions throughout the body, cancers, things like that. Now, I'm not saying that every incident of cancer in a child is due to glyphosate. No, I'm not saying that. There's obviously a lot of other factors that come into play with cancer or other issues, um, but one of the largest contributors is glyphosate and pesticide residue. Now, actually, in 2015, the International Agency for Research on Cancer declared that glyphosate is a probable human carcinogen. And that includes glyphosate residue. So that was in 2015, which is now six years ago. And then in 2017, the state of California um, actually listed glyphosate as a known human carcinogen. It's no longer a probable carcinogen in California. It is known to cause cancer. So I ask you this, all my listeners, if this thing is either probable or known to cause cancer, why the heck are we still using it? Why the heck is it still allowed in our food, especially in our kids' food? Why is there not more education on this? You know, where are our lawmakers? Where are 
the the government bodies that are trying to do something about this because this is not okay this is something that is known to cause cancer and we are just allowing it and a lot of people don't even know it's a thing which it just boggles my mind and you guys can tell i'm getting so worked up about this because like i said i'm very passionate about this and i think a lot more people need to know so now let's go look at um, some of these results so the EWG or the Environmental Working Group um, is a, I believe they're a nonprofit organization put together to talk about things like this, especially um, pesticides and glyphosate residue and things like that. They're, they're a really great organization. Now, there's also the EPA, um, the Environmental Protection Agency, I think. I could be wrong. I can't remember what the EPA stands for. But anyways... The EPA is technically the one who is involved or responsible for setting the like maximum tolerable limit of glyphosate residue in foods. Um, but then there's also the EWG, which is kind of like an independent organization who does the same thing. So now the EPA has set their tolerable um, glyphosate tolerance in foods to 5,000 parts per billion. Okay, so that's their limit. Now, the EWG, their limit is 160 parts per billion. So why is the EPA tolerable allowance 5,000 and the EWG is 160? Now, keep in mind, the EWG is independent. And a lot of scientists have actually argued that the EPA process um, of, you know, coming up with this tolerable limit is actually very biased towards pesticide manufacturers like Monsanto, because it uses their reported data on the safety of these pesticides. So if I'm Monsanto, I'm obviously going to say, oh yeah, glyphosate is super safe, GMOs are super safe, there's nothing wrong with Roundup being sprayed on your food, you know, it's totally fine. Now the EPA is going to come take what I say and say, oh, well, Monsanto said that Roundup is fine and it's safe on food, so we're going to set the limit here. Well, obviously that's super biased and that's not, you know, that is not um, unbiased news. That's not unbiased science. Whereas the EWG comes in, they did their own independent research and they found, no, 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 no. The safe tolerable limit is 160 parts per billion, not 5,000. So that right away is a huge red flag. Now the EWG um, made this list of samples that they had for different oat cereals and snacks and things and the EWG did not test these. I want to make sure that that's known. There were different labs so these were like third-party tested with a few different samples per um, per product and I think that's a really great way to be like pretty a lot more unbiased than the EPA. So let's go look at what it says. I'm gonna include this list um, somewhere on my website, probably on my podcast show notes. Um, you guys can go check this out for yourself. And if I find that documentary about the Canadian farmer, I will include that there as well. Now, some of the worst ones are uh, Quaker oats, simply granola oats, honey and almonds. That had a, the first sample had 625 parts per billion. The second sample had 862. Keep in mind, 
in in terms of the EPA, that's safe because it's under 5,000. But in terms of the EWG, it is not safe because their limit is 160. And this is 625 and 862. Next, we have Quaker dinosaur eggs, brown sugar, instant oatmeal, which their first sample detected 620 parts per billion and their second sample detected 780 parts per billion. Um, let's find another good one. Quaker Real Medley's Super Grains Banana Walnut Multigrain Oatmeal found 608 parts per billion. There was only one sample detected or uh, studied on. Um, what is this? Oat breakfast cereal, apple cinnamon Cheerios, 868 parts per billion. Cheerios oat crunch cinnamon flavor. First sample had 1,171 parts per billion, and the second sample found 541 parts per billion. Frosted Cheerios, 756 and 893 parts per billion in sample one and sample two. Honey Nut Cheerios, a big favorite for a lot of people, found 833 parts per billion in their first sample and 894 parts per billion in their second sample, way above 160. And I want to mention also these were tested in 2018, so not that long ago. Um, some other good ones. Oh, this one is, wow. Quaker Oatmeal Squares Brown Sugar. Uh, 2,746. Quaker Oatmeal Squares Honey Nut, 2,837. That's really up there. Um, some other ones, Quaker Overnight Oats Raisin Walnut and Honey Heaven, 1,029. Quaker Overnight Oats Unsweetened with Chia Seeds. Sounds really healthy, but 1,799 parts per billion of glyphosate residue found on these products. Some other really big ones, Quaker Breakfast Flat Crispy uh, crispy Snack Bars, uh, Cranberry Almond Flavor, Quaker Breakfast Squares, Soft Baked Bars, Peanut Butter Flavor, all in 800s, 1000, um, yeah, this is just crazy. Quaker, o Quaker Old Fashioned Oats, Sample 1 found 390 parts per billion, Sample 2 found 1100 parts per billion, and then they did a third sample to double check and found 1300 parts per billion. So... Overall, I'm sure you guys heard me say Quaker quite a bit, um, and if there's anything you take from this, please avoid Quaker oats. If you care about glyphosate residue and limiting your risk of developing cancer and other illnesses, please stay away from Quaker oats. Do not give it to your children. This stuff is not safe. This stuff is very toxic, and it should not be in your body. One of the best brands, though, is they also had, like, they included some organic um, products in here, which I think is fantastic. And because it's kind of like, okay, all these things are bad. So what do I eat for breakfast now? Nature's Path Organic is fantastic. I love that company. Um, their honey almond granola had no detected glyphosate. So this is pretty organic. There's no detected Roundup glyphosate, pesticide, nothing. Another one that did not have any glyphosate detected was Simple Truth Organic Instant Oatmeal. Oat breakfast cereal, um, Kashi Heart to Heart Organic Honey Toasted had no detected glyphosate, as well as Kind brand Oats and Honey with Toasted Coconut Snack Bars had no detected glyphosate. Uh, Cascadian Farm Organic Harvest Berry Snack Bars had no detected glyphosate. 
Bob's Red Mill Steel-Cut Oats, no detected glyphosate, 365 Organic Old-Fashioned Rolled Oats, none detected, and Bob's Red Mill Organic Old-Fashioned Rolled Oats, none detected. So those are some really good brands for you guys to check out. Nature's Path Organic, Simple Truth, Kashi, Kind, Cascadian Farm, Bob's Red Mill, and 365 Organic. And this will all be in the show notes for you guys again on my website. Okay, so I told you about glyphosate. I told you about residue found on our most popular foods, breakfast foods specifically. Um, but where is the evidence that it actually caused cancer? Well, in 2018, the chemical company Bayer um, acquired Monsanto. So now they go by Bayer Monsanto. And since 2018, three California juries have awarded more than $2.2 billion in three separate verdicts against Bayer Monsanto. That's $2.2 billion with a B. Now, according to this CNN article, and I typically don't like to go by CNN's news, but this is pretty legit. Um, in, CNN said that non-Hodgkin lymphoma patients started suing Monsanto by the hundreds after a 2015 World Health Organization report suggested glyphosate, the key ingredient in Roundup, may cause cancer. So by the hundreds, people started suing them. Now, only three of these went to trial because they were, you know, pretty clear cut that glyphosate and Roundup did cause cancer for these people, which is so, so sad and disheartening. Um, and what recently came out in the news, which again, I will, I will try to find a link for you guys, um, are known as the Monsanto files. So these are from the trials and things like that. And these are damning evidence showing that Monsanto knew their product caused cancer. They knew and they hid it for years. Specifically, it causes non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a growing cancer. Now, I'm going to talk about the three verdicts um, that were awarded or that you know, found Monsanto guilty for these three individuals. The first one is Dwayne Johnson. Now, Dwayne Johnson, I have a blog about it on my website. This is, this is such a sad story. So he was a groundskeeper for, sorry, those are my notes. He was a former school groundskeeper and he was awarded $250 million in punitive damages because after spraying Roundup and Monsanto on the school grounds for so many years, he started developing lesions over his entire body and he has terminal uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is so, so sad because this was targeted, or sorry, this was marketed as safe to use. And Monsanto continues to, and Bayer, continue to say that if you use their product correctly, it's safe. I highly doubt this man was using this incorrectly and purposely like dousing himself in glyphosate and Roundup. So for them to say that is very heartless um, and it's just, it's so terrible. So anyways, later he was awarded $250 million, but they settled for $78 million after Monsanto fought back, which, you know, at the end of the day, he has terminal cancer, but I know in the United States, it's very, very expensive for these treatments for this cancer. So do I really think $78 million was enough considering all he has to pay for and go through for the rest of his life? Absolutely not. The second case was Edwin Hardman. Um, he used Roundup for 30 years to get rid of weeds and poison oak on his home property. This wasn't even for work. This was something that, 
you know, he was using on his residential property because again, it was marketed as safe and he was awarded $25 million in damages and again, diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now, I believe he was the first person to sue Monsanto that it went through to um, trial and the jury awarded him with these, this, um, these damages and everything. But still, so, so sad. And then finally, this one is the big one. Um, Alva and Alberta Pilliod. I, I don't know if I'm saying their last name correctly. But they are a husband and wife that both developed cancer. They both developed non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after using Roundup starting in the 1970s. So for quite some time. Alva has non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in his bones, including in his spine. Alberta, his wife, suffers non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in her brain. Um, they were awarded $55 million in, compensatory, in compensation damages and $1 billion each in punitive damages for a total of $2.055 billion because this is the big one. There was evidence that Monsanto hid dangers of Roundup. So they knew there were emails, there were scientific reports, there were everything that they had. They knew that their product caused non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and they did everything in their power to hide it. Everything in their power to conceal that their product was causing cancer for people. They knew and they just didn't care. They didn't care. And that's why this husband and wife um, were awarded such a big amount of money. But I... Uh, Guys, I don't even know what to say. I'm so worked up about this. Like, like I said, I think a lot more people should know about the dangers of Roundup because I know so many people that use Roundup in their backyard for weeds. And every time I see it, I'm like, ah, stop using that. <laughs> you guys don't know how bad this is. So I do try and educate people as much as possible on Roundup. Um, but I think the, uh, the, the knowledge of it, the information should be a lot more easily accessible. I don't think we need to dig as hard as we have to, you know, to find out that Roundup and glyphosate is bad for you and we shouldn't be using it on our, on our front lawn and it shouldn't be in our food. It absolutely 1000 and it 1000% should not be in our food. And I think that's sad. I think we need to use our voices. We need to stand up. We need to make a stink about it. There's so many petitions going around, um, you know, find one sign it, talk to your local government official, raise a stink about it because this is not okay. This is your health. This is food that you are eating, that your child is eating, that your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your cousins, your uncles, your, your nieces, your nephews, this is what your loved ones, your family, your friends are eating and putting in their body, sometimes unknowingly. And I'm sure if a lot of people, if a lot more people knew what was in their food, they would care a lot more and maybe they would make different health choices. But it starts with ed education. It starts with knowing what's safe and unsafe to put in your body. And so that's what I'm trying to do with this episode and with my whole platform, you know, my Instagram, my Facebook, my podcast, my YouTube channel. I'm trying to help educate people on how to be healthy every single day. That's where the title of my podcast came from, Everyday Immunity, because I don't think that it's fair for us to live in sickness, in illness, in disease, when a lot of the time it's not because of our own conscious doing. 
So I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to check out my website um, under the podcast tab for today's show notes, for the links to the chart and to the documentary, to the Monsanto files, to all of that fun stuff. And don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter on the homepage of my website because I am coming up with a free webinar very, very shortly. So until the next episode, you guys, it has been a blast talking to you. F Monsanto, and I will talk to you guys in another episode. Peace. (laughs)